Kenny the Sports Guy podcast. Welcome back to Kenny the Sports Guy's podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Sabura, and today I have a special guest. With over 15 years' experience working as a sports journalist, Dexter Henry does it all. Hailing from Brooklyn, New York, Henry has worked for various media outlets in New York City, such as the New York Post, the New York Daily News, ESPN Deportes, New York Giants, the Props Network, and AccuWeather. He is also the 2021 Telly Award winner. In 2010, Dexter created his own media outlet, Backpack Broadcasting. In 2017, he created his two original series, Sideline Stories and The Sports Walk. He is also the co-host of eight Hard to Tell podcasts and the host of the digital NBA show, The NBA Exchange. Please welcome to the show, Dexter Henry. Thank you for being on the show today, man. Yo, thank you for having me, Kenny. Really glad uh, we were able to connect and, and do this. I'm happy, yeah. I know, me too. Yeah. So basically, I have the, the first question I have for you is, what made you go into sports broadcasting? What made me go into sports broadcasting? Okay, so to do that, we got to go back, right? <laughs> a little bit. And so when years. I, 15 <laughs> years. Even, we're going before that. We're going to go back even further <laughs> than that. So for me, I always had a love of sports, Kenny, right? Growing mm-hmm. up as a kid in East Flatbush, Brooklyn, uh, I love sports. And one of the things I found myself doing in my middle school years was I always would get the paper on the way to school, back mm-hmm. when people actually bought the paper. And I was reading on the bus or the train to go to school. And I always was reading the sports section, no matter what. And I don't think I really thought about sports journalism as a career, especially in the broadcast side. But when I got to college at the University of Pittsburgh, um, my major at that time was athletic training. Uh, I wanted to be an athletic trainer for a team. But I realized the science classes, I just didn't love it, didn't have the passion for it. And I saw these guys on my campus who were doing some stuff on a television station mm-hmm. with sports. And I got involved in that. And the rest is really history from there, man. Um, I got involved and I really loved it. I loved everything about it, the storytelling, the working behind the scenes, editing, shooting, reporting on camera. I loved it all. So that was really the decision. So back in, I guess that would be 2002. That's when I kind of was like, all right, I'm all in on this. I love sports. I love storytelling. I've always loved it both and combined it together. And so the rest is history. And then I did all that stuff that you mentioned in the intro. So, so. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I did, I did my research on you. So You did. I like that. I like that. <laughs> all right. The next question I'll have for you is, how did you get your foot in the door in terms of sports mm. broadcasting? Yeah. So I, I really credit a lot of my foot in the door in a way to the stuff I did in college with the Panther Sports Network at the University of Pittsburgh. That's where I sort of honed my skills. But coming out... Graduating from college in 2005, I was kind of stuck where, oh, am I going to stay out in Pittsburgh? Am I going to go to a smaller market? That's what a lot of people do in broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. They say go to a smaller market. But you and I, we know being from New York, yep. it's probably tough sometimes <laughs> to go other places. One of the toughest so, places, actually. <laughs> yes, it is in the toughest place and the number one market, right? Yep, so exactly. my dream was I was like, well, I want to come back home and work. And, you know, I sent my tape out to a couple of places. Nothing happened. I ended up coming back home. And this is, I think will be good for your listeners is sometimes your first opportunity isn't exactly what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So my first opportunity was I wanted to do broadcast, which is mainly what I do now, but I started off in print. I wrote for a small paper in Brooklyn called the Brooklyn skyline. I started covering sports there, a lot of high school sports. Um, And actually with a lot of people, if you're in the New York area, some people you might know, Ian Begley, who's a good friend of mine with uh, covers the New York Knicks. 
uh, we all started covering high school sports. He was working for the Daily News and I did it at different places, but that was kind of my foot in the door. Um, I then left that job and went to another job working for CBS, basically as a broadcast associate, which is pretty much like an assistant to the producer. And I really hated, I hated that job. But one of the bigger breaks for me came, I got a job at MLB.com being a game night editor. And after that, I got a job, which I'll consider my really big on-camera break, working for the New York Post um, as a video journalist there in, back in 2007, 2008. And that was huge for me because I got reps in front of the camera. I got experience covering the Yankees, the Mets, the Knicks, Nets, Jets. Uh, I got experience doing all that stuff. So that was really a fun time. And that was kind of my big break and, and foot in the door. And then I went to other places like News 12, you and I were talking about before yep. we started recording. Um, so just getting my, my teeth cut with local news and, and doing things around there in, in New York. So that was really how I got my foot in the door. But as you can see from my story, it started with print and I really just kind of found different ways to keep myself close to broadcast. So whether it was editing, logging highlights, I found ways in different places to do it. So I just stayed hungry and, you know, it, it worked out. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I stayed hungry with it, but it wasn't easy at that time. It was, it was a little challenging to uh, keep that mindset and stay positive. But, um, you know, I did, and I had the support of a lot of good people, including my parents. So that that helped a, a ton too. Segway to my next question. Mm -hmm. As a person who recently entered the sports broadcasting realm, what keeps you motivated to stay in this room, this, uh, this business? I think what keeps me motivated, Kenny, is that there's always good stories to tell, right? And, mm -hmm. and what I like today and I feel like sometimes people who are older don't acknowledge this, but what I love is I love what you're doing, right? Like I love that now there's so many opportunities for different people who want to start stuff in, in sports broadcasting to do their own thing, to start yeah. their own podcast. You know, I, I'm a big believer if I didn't start opportunities and create opportunities for myself, I don't think I would be where I'm at today. So whenever I see people like you mm -hmm. doing it or other, other younger people that are doing it, that motivates me still. It's it's in, in a way of like, okay, well, like if they can follow from something I did or I can talk to them and inspire them more, I love seeing the next generation of people continue. That's how it should be. And um, yeah, I just, and, and I just think sports in, in general is always getting better, right? Like athletes are getting it's better. It's always they, evolving. Yeah, it's always evolving. It's always I'm evolving. never the, yeah, I'm never the person who's like, man, I wish the game was like this 10 or 20 years ago. It's, it's change is constant and some some of it is good some of it is not always so good but in sports just the athletic feats that we're seeing the things we're seeing different athletes do mm -hmm. it's it's amazing and that's the that love of that combined with my love of storytelling is, is always what motivates me to continue to go forward more and more i appreciate the compliment i actually entered this like a year ago yeah podcasting world and i'm still learning the ropes and stuff before that, I was actually a teacher, believe it or not, for like four years. Huh. And then my sports, like sports started to take over my mind. So I was like, one day, I was like, you know, I just want to start my own podcast. You know, the reason why is because ESPN is like kind of shining away from sports. That's what I believe in. And they talk about other, you know, issues going around, going around the world. So I was like, maybe I could just have my own like podcast, have my own voice, you know? I mean, I think what you did is so important, right? Like every, we all have our own voice. And if you don't like the way something is being done yeah, or it doesn't cater to you in a specific mm -hmm. way, right? Like a couple of things. One, you don't have to watch, right? It's exactly. not, yeah, it's yeah. not the only thing. And the beauty of 
broadcast journalism in at this time is there's so many options. So somebody might like what I'm doing. Somebody might like what you're doing, Kenny. Somebody might like what somebody else is doing all over there. And that's all good and beautiful. Um, you know, I think as long as it comes from a, a pure place in your passion for sports and love, you know, I think that's that's beautiful. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and if I, I'm a big believer in create the kind of change that you want to see. Exactly. So, yeah, you, you're doing that. You were like, hey, I, this is not the kind of thing I want, mm -hmm. but I'm going to build my audience. And yeah. that's that's beautiful, man. I think it's great. Yeah. Thank you, man. I really do appreciate that. And I no just problem. feel like, you know, this is going to work out and, you know, trying to be on your level, basically. <laughs> hey, man. Like, that, I, hey, see, but that's what's important, too, Kenny, is that um, I think that, you know, people always, I, I'm honored for you to even say to somebody to tell me that, Hey, they want to be on my level. That's an honor to me yeah, for someone yeah. to say that to me. But at the same time, I always feel like as a broadcast journalist, um, it's always important for us to connect yeah, with exactly. people. I, I never want to forget uh, where I was 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I understand what it's like starting out. I understand that people always have a lot of questions Sometimes you need inspiration. Mentors are important for that. Yep. Um, and and I think it's good that you you seek those and you find those and you mm -hmm. you talk. And so yeah, I never want to be too big to be like, oh, I can't hop on someone else's podcast that's starting out because I started a podcast once. Oh, you know, yeah. I started my own content. So you know, I know how how daunting it is. But one thing I would like to say, Kenny, I think that your listeners should give you a lot of credit for is that you took a jump. You know, mm -hmm. you told me that you were a teacher. Uh, for four years. I don't know if you had said four years ago, but you were a teacher and you decided, hey, look, I want to do something a little bit different or, or yeah. change something in your life. That's hard for a lot of people to do. So the fact that you jumped and said, hey, I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. thumbs, thumbs up to you, man. That's beautiful. I really do appreciate that, man. Yeah. Really, that actually means a lot. So the next question I have is, how do you deal with adversity when things weren't going your way now mm. in, in the past? Man, that's a great question. Because a lot of times, Kenny, there were things early in my career where I was like, yo, is this going to work out? Is this going to be okay? Mm -hmm. um, where maybe, I, you know, I remember my first couple of years working at the paper and I really wanted to get on the broadcast side of things. And I was like, where's the opportunity coming? Um, and I'll share, I've, I've shared the story when I've been on some other podcasts, but I'll, I'll share this. I, my first job when I was working at the, the newspaper, I was let go after like nine months and I was kind of oh, like wow. yeah and I was like oh man like what's where am I gonna go what's gonna happen now and maybe I, I want to say sometime in that nine month period I had went to a taping back in the day Stephen A used to have a show called uh quite frankly yeah um, I actually met him one time yeah and so I had met him before this though I met him at a Big East tournament in college and just chatted with him one time. And he said, hey, take my email. This is when he still was writing for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Told me to take his email. And when I had you know, lost this job, was let go, I sent him an email, told him kind of where my mindset was at the time, which I was really down in the dumps, didn't know what I was going to do, where to oh, turn wow. next. Yeah, and one of the th he responded to me. He sent me this really nice email. And the thing that always sticks out to me in this email till today, and I've thanked him for this. I've seen him many times since then. I've thanked him. But he said to me, take advantage. He said, you will figure your way, but take advantage of any opportunity that you think is going to get you to where it is that you want to go. Mm -hmm. And I've really followed that advice closely in my career, which means there hasn't always been things that 
I thought, okay, I'm going to directly be here. And this is going to put me into sports journalism. I went into weather reporting for a while. I did that for the past three years. Um, but it got me to report on a national level. It did a lot of things for me. That was Smart great. decision right there. Right. Yeah. And, and so sometimes it's not linear. Sometimes it's listening to that voice inside yourself like you did saying, I'm going to do a podcast. You're like, I don't know how to do a podcast. I'm going to figure it out. Right. Like yeah, I'm exactly. going to continue self-taught, to self-taught right? Like yeah, I'm yeah. going to reach out to people. I'm going to ask them to come on. I'm going to put myself out there. Um, those are looking for opportunities that can take you to where you want to go and mm-hmm. just identifying those. And so that got me through a lot. I would also say my family um, got me through a lot. My parents, you know, kudos to them that they believed in me a ton. Uh, particularly my dad really motivated me a lot because he saw a lot of stuff in, in me in terms of broadcast journalism. From what he said when I was young, I remember when I told him I was going to change my major, he was like, oh no, I see this for you. This is what you- Oh, actually, I know that story when I, I did the same thing mm-hmm. with my father, so- Yeah, how, how, yeah, and it's sometimes, my mom didn't, didn't react the same way at first. She <laughs> wanted me to stick with the athletic training, but my dad really, he saw it. And so when you have people that believe in you, Kenny, I think that that matters a ton, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in terms of just giving you that motivation. So when there are tough times, when there are times where you say, I don't know if I could do this, I doubt it. You kind of, you lean back in on that a little bit. And those are the things that help push you through um, to the next step. I, I really do believe. So that's what it was for me. A lot of it was uh, trying to stay positive, self-confidence, leaning on my close group of people around me, including my family. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me through. And, you know, part of life is there's going to be tough times. Um, and one of the things I try to do now, because you asked me about it now too, I think now I try to stay present in the moment. Yeah. I try to be grateful for what I've done and what I believe I will do. Mm-hmm. And once my energy is focused on that, I, I tend to feel better. We're going to always have tough times, but I think when you stay present and you realize it's a blessing that I'm doing a podcast, it's a blessing I'm on a podcast talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it you, when you think th- those ways, and you try to stay positive. It does help. I believe it helps. Well, yeah, you actually have a point. And one uh, one thing I, I always learned, like in my life so far, is you know you can you can overcome every adversity that's handed to you. You know, mm-hmm. so you just gotta roll with the punches and just keep going, just drown out the outside noise. And who knows, you're gonna be like the next Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless one day. Right. You can't. Nobody could, you know, one of the things I tell people, Kenny, and I think a lot of people ask me in terms of sports broadcasting is like, well, how do you do this? Or how does this work? And the thing, this is not a very satisfying answer to people, but what I do say is there's no blueprint. Like I cannot, I cannot tell Kenny the way to do what he's going to do. There's only a couple of things I believe in. I believe in, you have to stay positive. Mm -hmm. You got, you have to be willing to work hard, right. In your craft. And you have to be able to utilize connections, make connections, um, listen, be willing to listen and learn. These are the core things I believe that works. But I cannot tell you, hey, if you go from this point to this point to this point, then you'll get here. My story is not somebody else's story. Exactly. It's Kenny's story. And I think, but I also feel like that's the beauty of the industry. There's no blueprint for it. Um, and especially, like I said today, with the way opportunities are open, with social media, et cetera. Mm-hmm there's really no blueprint for, for how somebody's going to quote unquote blow up. So, you know, I think you just have to believe in yourself and stay true to your brand and what it is that you do. And, you know, the chips will fall where they may and things will work out how they're supposed to. That's actually very, very good advice. And I appreciate you, you know, saying it to my listeners and 
more importantly to me because I need to hear that. Because, yeah. You know, I'm trying to make it as well. And there's no doubt that I will. All I, right, I, and, that confidence matters, Kenny. That confidence matters. I like that. All right. Enough with like the whole career talk. Let's talk about some NBA. <laughs> all right. Let's go. That's my, that's right. my favorite league. There we all go. Right, so the question I have for you is who is your M- favorite NBA team? Okay, so I grew up a New York Knicks fan. Long uh, suffering. There you go. Long suffering. We, we, got, we got some connection, <laughs> Kenny. Long suffering New York Knicks fan. Um, I mean, I saw some good years with them growing up in the 90s. You know, they didn't win, but they went to two finals. Um, I love, I love those teams. Um, then they went through a very dark period. Which no, I feel don't, bad. Don't that. Don't uh, I, that. I feel bad for younger Nick fans. Like when I talk to Nick fans who were like under 30, I'm just like, man, I feel bad for y'all. Cause y'all haven't really seen any winning. Um, but but this is a nice segue, Kenny. I like what the Knicks have been doing the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I think the organization looks competent. I love the hiring of Tom Thibodeau, always a fan of him uh, and his defense. The team has a culture right now. Three culture of winning, finally. Culture of winning. Culture of losing after a decade plus. Yeah. Got to the playoffs last year. If you're watching this season, you kind of could see how they're playing together. They look a little bit better offensively. They're going to play hard every night. They're not going to cheat you. Do I still probably think they're another star away? Probably. But if you're a Knicks fan, you watch what we've watched for the last 20 years. You have to be excited right now. They're, yeah, I'm excited, they're, man. They're, they're competent. We're not hearing anything about James Dolan. So it, it's it's good. I think you should enjoy the moment as if as you're a Knicks fan. Don't you don't have to be negative and be like, oh, when is the other shoe gonna drop? When's it gonna go bad? Right now it's pretty good. I know it's early this season, but right now, right now they look pretty good. So segue to my next question. Who is your favorite NBA player? Of ever, of all time, or currently right now? Currently or all time. Okay, so currently my favorite NBA player is Luka Doncic. I'm a big Doncic oh, fan. Oh, me too. I'm the same yeah. way. I love Luka. Yeah, I'm a Luka fan, man. I'm a Luka fan. I, I love this game. I thought so many people doubted him when he was drafted. I still can't believe he got picked fifth overall. I, I saw this kid playing the EuroLeague. I'm a, I'm a basketball nut, Kenny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw I this kid playing. <laughs> yeah, I saw this kid playing the EuroLeague, and I was among grown men at 17, 18. I was like, this kid is amazing. Um I think he's a chance to be the best international player ever. Um, what he's doing in the league. There's some things he can still grow and get better at, but he's just, I just love watching his game. I just think his ability to create space and get his own shot off and his course vision and passing. He's not the most athletic guy, mm-hmm. but um, which is why I think people were not looking at how good he was because sometimes people overvalue athleticism, uh, but he's really good. Uh, of all time, Probably Kobe. Rest in peace to the late great Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah, Kobe was one of my favorite guys of all time. I mean, in terms of out of that, I mean, as far as Knicks go, I was a big John Starks fan growing up. Uh, Patrick Ewing, so I love those guys as Knicks. But yeah, Luca right now, Kobe probably my favorite player to watch of all time. Yeah. So with me, like my favorite player of all time has to be Shaq. Oh, um, you're Shaq guy. Yeah, okay. I'm a Shaq guy. Nice. Like, right now in the current NBA. It's a toss-up between Kevin Durant or uh, Luka Doncic. Or Luka. Mm. I'm leaning towards Luka Doncic. Because I, like yeah. I like his style. I love his yeah. uh, basketball style. I like, I like the way he shoots. I like the way he plays defense. Yeah, he just – unfortunately, he plays in Dallas. So <laughs> you know, Dallas is not really like a championship-ready team right now. Right. I mean, they, they have been close two years ago, but I feel like uh, 
they just need one more piece to win a championship. Yeah, that's a team I'm really watching close this year, Kenny, because how Porzingis plays and bounces back, if he can be healthy. And but I just I'm kind of with with you and what you said. I don't love the pieces yeah. around Luca yet. Um, I think he needs another piece. And some of the role players, they're just eh, they're like, eh, they're okay. They're not as cohesive as a team. They have one of the best players in the league, but I'm not sure him playing at his best elevates them to a level where it's like, okay, they can get to a Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure right now. You know, we saw last year, Luca played out of his mind in that he first did. round series against they the Clippers. Yeah, and, and they were they could have beat the Clippers. They were up 2-1 yeah. on the Clippers. Credit to the Clippers for coming back, but Luca had no help in that series, no, man. Like, so they got to get him some help, man. They, they got to get him some Or, you know, you know what we both would like, Kenny? Him to come to the Knicks. I know we'd like that. <laughs> I know we'd like we want, that. We want every single superstar to come to the Knicks. So yeah, we do. That, that's do, Knicks. Then, that's that's going to be like 20 championships <laughs> in a row. That will be nice. And also, going back with the Mavericks, I think uh, their head coach is not really that good. Jason Kidd. Yeah, man. I like Jason Kidd, man. I don't know why they fired Rick Carlisle for him. It, well, it makes no sense. Yeah, so there was all that stuff going on with um, Bob Volgaris, the guy who's a gambling guru who was mm-hmm. around the Mavs, and then Donnie Nelson wasn't happy. And Rick, Rick Carlisle, who I agree with you, was a fantastic coach. And I think yeah, we'll yeah. see. We have already seen the impact defensively, what he's been able to try to do in Indiana. Their defense hasn't looked that great early on in the season. But Rick Carlisle's a good coach. Um, your points on Jason Kidd. I agree with I agree with you. I think my thing with Kidd is like we saw in Milwaukee, Kenny, that it didn't work with some of the schemes he had and didn't get the most out of Giannis at that time. And that was a much younger Giannis. Mm-hmm. And then Bro- Brooklyn before that, uh, I just don't think he was ready. I was covering that Nets team a lot at that time. I just don't think he was ready, along with some of the pieces they had on that team, was kind of a mixed smash of guys I just don't think we're ready to play here in New York and now I just you know he gets the shot with Dallas I think a lot of it has to do with his relationship with Cuban yeah of course and what and what people believe now this is what people believe Kenny they believe he can get a lot out of Luca but to your point I don't know I don't really know what Jason Kidd has not been good at the head coach let's just keep it let's keep it real you are what your record is yeah he's, Parsons, he's been pretty decent though yeah, but a guy I'm, that actually acts for like ownerships and ownerships. Yes, forgot about that. Yes. Oh right. my god! I'm like, really? Come on, man! You haven't even proven yourself yet. Right. You're not John Gruden. <laughs> right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even that. As right, John Gruden was accomplished to get the money that he got before yeah, he, yeah. you know, pissed it away. But yeah. Um. No, to that point, yes, he's not. So that was an interesting hire for me, right? Like that hire is all based on the fact that you think that a Hall of Fame point guard and Jason Kidd is going to be able to get the most out of Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. If the Mavericks are right, then fantastic. But I think what matters is can Kidd coach the other players? What's the most he can get out? Can he motivate Chris Tapp's Porzingis? We'll see. I'm willing to give him a chance, but I'll tell you what, if you got a talent like Luka and he does not show something in terms of that roster or getting them to a better place this year, I'll even give him more till next year. That's going to be a hot seat in Dallas pretty quick, man. Pretty quick. I'll give him two years in Dallas. You think two, two when years, he's done? Yeah, and I think and I think giving him two is fair. I just, what does he do in the two in two years? Like, there has to be progress. Um, some of that's going to be on the front office, too. You, you have a already, what I think is already a top five player 
mm-hmm. and he's not even in his prime. So if you don't get this done right now, it's not good. It's not good. Ain't good at all. So, nope. all right, the next question, shine away for Dallas. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the NBA season so far? Okay, so far, you know, so early we are, what, most five teams play four or five games. games. Yeah. yeah, most teams play four or five games. Um, I think what's interesting is early on, I think you're seeing a better flow of the game thus far early on. Kenny, I think a lot has to do with the officiating and how they've gotten rid of these calls by players who were hunting fouls, a la Trey Young, some Doncic a little bit, some James Harden. But I think they're getting rid of some of these fouls where players were just slowing down or jumping into guys. And I like that. It makes the game look better. The game's flowing better. There actually is numbers that that support this, that there have been less trips to the free throw line within the first four games, which is always good. People don't want to see the game slow down. Um, in terms of teams jumping out and impressing me, I've been impressed with Memphis. I know they took a loss uh, the night before we were recording this to Portland, mm-hmm. but Memphis has looked good. John Rance looked really good and He's really impressive. going to be a dark horse for MVP one, uh, this year. That, yeah, that wouldn't shock me, man. He's, He's, looking, He's looking really good. Um, a lot of people are hyped on the Bulls. Let's see how they do when they play the Knicks. Uh, and which I'm, I think not, a- I'm not. I think uh, it's not going to last long so i'm with you man the thing for me with the bulls is i just don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody and they haven't played anybody yet they the best win is probably the last win against the raptors Mm -hmm. who aren't a good offensive team but they're very and and they're rebuilding so it doesn't matter and the raptors almost beat them opponent yeah and the raptors almost beat them they played detroit twice and new Mm -hmm. orleans once so i'm not high on the bulls Right now, it wouldn't shock me if the Knicks, at the time we're recording this tonight, will go in in Chicago, the United Center, and beat them. That would not shock me at all. Um, Charlotte's looked impressive. I still need to see more. I think it's way too early for us to get too high or too low on any teams. The Lakers are going to have oh, some issues. Yeah. <laughs> the, La- the Lakers, they, it's they blew, age. They blew a 26-point lead last night to the Thunder. Yeah, that was bad, man. That was, oh, that was bad. That was terrible. That was bad. So, they're, and I think a lot of it for them is going to be health, how they integrate Westbrook. Um, that's going to be the key with what they're able to do. We'll see. We'll see what exactly it is that they're able to do. But I think a lot of eyes will be on them. And then the Nets, I think they're just trying to figure things out here and, and see what happens with Kyrie, whether he comes back and rejoins the team. But I think they're not going to take the regular season that seriously. Um, so I think look at some of these young teams like Charlotte, like I said, like Memphis, how they're starting out. They're playing hard. Guys like LaMelo and Ja, they're looking to prove something. Um, and also, we got to keep the eye on the Dallas Mavericks, see what they do, because they got a lot to prove, too. What about the uh, Utah Jazz and the uh, Los Angeles Clippers? Yeah, so the Jazz, first of all, the Jazz, here's the thing with the Jazz. I think they'll be a regular, uh, excuse me, a fantastic regular season team again mm-hmm. this year, right? I, li- I like some of their, their fringe pieces, their role players. My concern with them is can they defend on the perimeter? We saw how they got exposed last season against the Clippers in the playoffs. A lot has to do with their perimeter defense. We know they can score. Is Donovan Mitchell going to the next level as a playmaker? Is he able to, with the ball in his hands, to make other guys better? I think they have some good role players. We know what Gobert does on the defensive end. I think they'll be a good regular season team. For them, all the questions come in the playoffs. Who are they against? Who they match up well with? Can they defend on the perimeter? The Clippers. Well, speaking of the playoffs, that leads yes. to my next question. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who do you think is going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? All right. So these this 
this is to me, I'd be shocked if these teams don't make the playoffs in the East, okay? Brooklyn, Milwaukee, um, Miami. I'm going to say Philadelphia, even though I'm uh, nervous about the situation. Know. I'm, I'm, you know, let's, let's take them out of the they're, they're, Let's take them out the lock. Uh, Atlanta, the Knicks, the Celtics. So I think that's, that has me at six. I'll say Philly, and I'm going to put my eighth team as Charlotte. I'm going to go with Charlotte. All right. Western Conference. Jazz, Suns, Lakers. We'll find a way to make it. Somehow. Clippers. <laughs> Clippers, I think we'll find a way because I still think they're tough and they learn to play a little bit without Kawhi. The Nuggets as well. Um, I think that has me. What did I say? Sorry, let me go back again. Clippers, Jazz, Nuggets, Lakers, uh, Suns. That's five. Yeah. Memphis, I'm going to put six. Golden State, I really do like how they're playing. I should have mentioned them before. Golden State has looked really good. Seven. And for the eighth spot, man, this is this is a tough one for me to put. The West is so interesting. I, I do not like what I'm seeing out of Portland. I want to say them, but I'm not loving what I see out of Portland right now. Uh, oh, Dallas. I'll put Dallas. Yeah, there you go. I'll put Dallas in there. So Dallas. for me, I would have to, for the Eastern Conference, I would, I would have the Hawks in number one. I, I oh. believe in the Hawks. You think they'll be the number one seed? Yeah, I, I believe in the Hawks. shot me. That's yeah. not crazy. It's not crazy. So Hawks, number two seed is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. I believe in Giannis. Number three is the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Number four is the New York Nets, Knicks. Okay, number Knicks five, are four. Number five is the... What was number five? Uh, I would say Philadelphia. Okay, so you got Philly. If I, yeah, they're hard to predict. They're hard to predict, Kenny, because yeah. everything is going on with Simmons, so it's hard to predict. Yeah. Number six, I have the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the Pacers. I think I believe in the Pacers as well. You know what? I'm. I like that pick because I. I like that you. I see that you believe in Carlisle. Wouldn't yeah. shock me. I'm fine with that. That's good. Number seven is the Charlotte Hornets, mm-hmm. and the number eight seed. I will have to go with the Bulls. I think they're going to make it this year. Oh, you think they're going to make it? Wow, so you got the Celtics out. So Celtics yeah. not making the playoffs. I, I'm not a firm believer in the Celtics. I don't know what it is. Like, That's fine. Yeah, I don't know I, what it is about them. Yeah, I had I, I was talking with a Celtics writer, Jose Pavon, on my show yesterday. And, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to how good they are defensively. We know what mm-hmm. their two stars are, but how he was making that point. And I think there's a lot to that. So we will see. Yeah, I mean, for the Bulls and the Celtics, either one of those teams will make it. There's going to be a lot of people angry along yeah, those especially fan Especially in Boston. <laughs> yeah, especially in Boston. Yes, especially. So yeah. for the West, I have the, let's see, the number one seed. I will have to go with the Suns. I, th- I really yeah, I like the that. Suns. Yeah. Yeah. Number one seed goes to the Suns. Number two seed goes to the Utah Jazz. Okay. Yep. Number three seed goes to the Denver Nuggets. Okay. Number four seed goes to the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, oh, you are sinking the Lakers. Okay. <laughs> Number five seed goes to the Los Angeles Lakers. They got to somehow make it to the playoffs despite all their problems. That's a good first round matchup. Four, five, Clippers, Lakers. I'm here for that. Six is the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Seventh is the Golden State Warriors, obviously, because I think uh-huh. they're going to be a dark horse. And eighth is going to be a very shocking one. I will have to go with uh, Sacramento. 
Wow. Who had a yeah. big win last night at Phoenix. Oh, okay. All right. That's wow. And the they, night, they the night team is going to go with uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. And the 10th Memphis- is going to go with the uh, Spurs. Oh, because you got the Grizzlies and Spurs in the play. Yeah, hey, yeah. let me tell, I'll tell you about that. I like the Spurs in the play because I think while they don't have a star in their team, I've watched a couple of their games. They've been sneaky good. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they can keep that up. The, that, the race for the playing in the West is going to be interesting because Minnesota's been okay. They're off to a three and a one start. The Spurs have shown some good things. The Pelicans without Zion, I think, unfortunately, they're going to fall really deep in the standings. I don't see that. But I do see those teams, Sacramento, San Antonio, Minnesota, Memphis, they can be fighting out for the play and It's going to be interesting. So, okay, good picks. I like your picks, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a firm believer in the Utah Jazz, but I don't know about the playoffs because they tend to choke a lot. <laughs> right. The Clippers, right. They, they, the Clippers recently got out of their choker label, actually. Yeah, they, I mean, they got they, rid of they, that last year. They, they could make it far, but it's always that lingering uh, untrust of them. Yeah. So they're not making it to the playoffs. The Lakers, they will get it together, but I just don't see them making them pass the second round of the playoffs. Because all that talent and a lot of it creates a lot of egos, and that's not really a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a lot of ego. The the key thing with the Lakers to me is, is it's really more on Westbrook, right? Like how, and I'm somebody who's defended it. I generally like Westbrook. It's just how is how is he going to give up not being able to dominate the ball? He's done that pretty much his entire career. When you play with yeah. LeBron, you can't dominate the ball. So. Is he going to be willing to come off the bench? And that might be best for the team. I think if he could do that, that could be great for the team. Mm-hmm. He can spark that second unit. Um, and it's just when you play him in the playoffs, how do you play against him? Because teams are going to sag off of him and dare him to shoot. And that's going to be interesting. Also with the Lakers, the biggest concern for me, I've been saying 13 you guys, there are not a lot of good defenders. We know Frank Vogel's a fantastic defensive coach, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of good defenders here, Kenny on this team and just how will they be able to defend, especially as we move towards the playoff time. I do. I'm with you though. I think the Lakers will quote unquote, get it together in some way, how much they get it together and how healthy they are by the playoffs, especially as an older team. It'll be interesting, but see this, this season, this is what we're talking about. This stuff. The season's really interesting, really interesting. season. Yeah. And also one other problem that no one seems to address with the Lakers is their age. They're really yeah, their age, older team, 31 and- years old. old. Like the, the yeah. high league. Well, yeah. nice. I think uh I think either someone some team in the West has it out. So yeah, they're one of the oldest teams in the league. And you know, as you get older, you're more likely to deal with things like injuries, right? Like this, this is what happens. So it's something to keep an eye on with the Lakers. I think they're going to want to manage LeBron's games played and minutes this season. They're going to be very cautious with that. I think LeBron could have played last night at OKC, but he was held back because you so, know they were like yeah, and they, and also I think they were like, this is a game we should win without him. Unfortunately, they did not. But they blew a 26-point lead. 26-point <laughs> lead. Ooh, Laker fans can't be happy about that one. Can't be. So I have a bonus question for you. So okay. who are your picks for NBA MVP this season? Yeah, you know what's you know what's funny, Kenny? NBA MVP was a tough one for me. I wanted to go Luca. Like I really did, but then I was like nah, I just don't see it because I don't think he's going to have enough of a good supporting cast around it. And it's funny because I'm, I'm thinking now, I made this pick. Somebody asked me this last, the week, the, week, the day the season started, and I forgot who I went with. 
I'm trying to think about it right now, who actually went with. I think, I think my gut, I, I said Anthony Davis, actually. Um, hmm, that's actually but, a very interesting choice. Yeah, it's very also, very, it's a risky, I think that's who I said. I think I said, I, I, I think I said Anthony Davis. I don't remember if I put him for defensive player of the year. I think I might've put him for defensive player of the year. Because uh, here's the thing. I don't think Jokic is going to do it again. Oh, I remember no. what I said. It was, it, you know what? I did, for, scratch everything I said. I did not say Anthony Davis. He is my deep boy. I said Giannis. And the reason I said Giannis is, and I know, you know, this narrative, he's won it twice, but I think Giannis found something in this game. I think he's better than ever. I think the Bucs have a really good regular season and he might have some out other worldly numbers again whatsoever. I just, I'd like to say Luca, but I just don't think with a supporting cast around him that they'll get him close enough to 50 wins so i don't think this is the year for luca the other candidates i don't think um Jokic will win it again Embiid, i'd love to pick him but with everything that's going on philly and he doesn't stay healthy either i think it's hard for me to it's hard for me to pick him i'm gonna tell so a, a sneaky one i might look at right now i think a sneaky pick for people that they should keep their eye on especially if they're in the sports betting don't sleep on Julius Randle, man. Oh, yeah, like, there you go. He got he got most improved last year. Look, he's playing very efficiently through five games this year. The assist numbers are actually up. He's become a better passer. Um, and if the Knicks, I thought the Knicks would win 45 to 48 games. If they get anywhere close to 50, he's definitely in the conversation. He's a guy I would definitely look at. Don't sleep on him at all whatsoever because um, he could have some really good numbers and could translate to some wins. So, yeah, but I think my pick was Giannis. Giannis was my pick. So with me, I will have to go with either Kevin Durant or uh, Giannis. Yeah, so with KD, talent to do it. And it's funny because KD's also a fantastic start. Nobody else on the Nets really is also a fantastic start. But KD Kevin is. James, James Harden, though. But James, yeah. And James Harden's been all. He's been, this year, though. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's not off a good start. Yeah, and he said that, you know, uh, a lot of it is the hamstring and he wasn't able to do much this summer and understandably. So mm-hmm. um, I think with KD, the thing, the reason I wouldn't, I like that pick more now than I did before the season started, because a lot of times I was like, okay, well, it's going to be him Harden, and Kyrie. A lot of guys are going to score the ball. They're all kind of going to cancel each other out, but now with just him and Harden and KD being sort of the, the alpha dog on the team, I think that he could put up really gaudy numbers and get the MVP. I think what it comes down to me, though, Kenny, is like how seriously do the Nets take the regular season? You even had them at a three seed, if I recall correctly. I think you had them at the third seed. In yeah, the yeah, East. third seed, yeah, I had it. So, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they, they probably should get around 50 wins. Um, I just don't know if they're going to take the regular season as seriously as you said, like Atlanta, which I don't think was a crazy pick for number one overall, or Milwaukee, because, um, you know, they might have guys on that team of more wins and possibly better numbers. But if Katie is, you know, putting up 29, 30 points on, you know, 40, 50, 90 shooting, it's going to be tough. He's, it's, it's not a good pick. It's not a bad pick at all. So I have like two dark horse picks for MVP and nobody will expect. Mm-hmm. So for the way he's either, either going to be two people, John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, or this might be like a out of town pick, Derek Rose of the Knicks. Derek Rose yeah. off the bench. He's huh? actually doing really, really good. Yeah, he has. He's been really good. Yeah. I think Rose is more just because he won't get the minutes. He's splitting it with Kemba. He'll probably mm-hmm. be more in line for six man again. I think he's another great pick to win it again. Uh, him or Jordan. Well, he didn't win it again. Sorry, Jordan Clarkson won it last year, but he was yeah. in the voting. He was a finalist. Sorry. Um, 
drama rant pick i really like yeah me too um, i really like that there's some guys you see them early on and you're like oh man they look really good like they really look good early on but i think with him it's a guy you're looking at like ah, i think he might have turned a corner like i think he might have leveled up here and went to another level so i think that's a really good pick and i think if he gets them anywhere near dare i say 45 wins and he's putting up these crazy numbers he's averaging what 29 i think a game right now yeah, just close, close to that so, you know, we'll see if he keeps it up. He didn't have a great game last night against Portland. He had nine turnovers. But I think how he keeps it up and how he fights going forward would be a lot. So John Moran's definitely someone to watch for the MVP conversation this year. I agree. Definitely, definitely. Yep. So the next question I have is, are there any projects that you're working on right now? Yeah, so I do my uh, show, the NBA Exchange. I do that three times a week. Uh, now that comes on, if you look at Backpack Broadcasting, my media company, it's on our YouTube channel, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we go live at 11 o'clock. Um, so we got some really good guests coming on. Um, so that should be cool. Uh, also work with my podcast, Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Um, so we always have some good guests around sports and hip hop. And then um, I have a series sideline stories I've done a bunch of times and I have some stories I'm working on with that hopefully that I'll be able to do over the next couple of months and put some stuff out so yeah that's that's really it what I've been working on right now just kind of working on creating independent content helping some people with some other content um and just yeah ex expanding and growing man just expanding and growing no that's what it's about man so where can people find you on social media you want to find me on social media, you can on Twitter and Instagram. My uh, handle is at DHenryTV. They're real easy, DHenryTV. You can find me there. If you want to give a subscription to our YouTube channels, Backpack Broadcasting, also on Facebook, Twitter as well, Instagram, Backpack Broadcasting. And all the shows, all the products I'm a part of, they have their own accounts uh, on Twitter. So the Sports Walk, uh, that's another show I didn't mention that I'm working on. Um, and uh sideline stories and a hotel podcast and the exchange they all have their own accounts on these different things so you can find me there but if you want to follow me at d henry tv for sure nice i'm definitely gonna follow you there and i hope everybody follows him because he is such a good uh journalist <laughs> thank you thank you man and, and kenny man again thank you for for having me um keep doing what you're doing and um you're just gonna build and grow brother build and grow that's 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 what we do I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show today, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, this is the end of this interview. Thank you to Dexter Henry for joining me on the show and his incredible insight. With that being said, head on over to KenTheSportsGod.com for future and past episodes. In addition, head on over to my social media on Twitter at Kenny underscore sports and Instagram at KennyTheSportsGod. Until the next episode, See ya, and I hope you stay safe and healthy. Kenny, the Sports Guy Podcast.